Welcome to Soccer Talk, a podcast about soccer in Iowa, presented by Kick It Forward and sponsored by Scott Insurance Services, as well as Michael Keener, attorney at law. Scott Insurance Services is an independent insurance agency located in West Des Moines, Iowa, servicing central Iowa and all surrounding states. They are family owned and are a locally operated business with over 125 years of experience in the insurance services industry, specializing in personal and commercial insurance. They are a good friend of the pod, a huge supporter of soccer in Iowa, and run by Iowa soccer legend, Billy Scott. Michael Keener, attorney at law. Based in Des Moines, Michael's practice includes trial and litigation matters with an emphasis on commercial litigation, personal injury, criminal defense, and issues in the legislature and Iowa's administrative agencies. Michael is a longtime supporter of Kick It Forward and the work it does in Iowa's soccer community. You can reach him at 515-245-4330 or via email at michaelkeener at griefsydney.com. That's M-K-U-E-H-N-E-R at griefsydney.com, G-R-E-F-E-S-I-D-N-E-Y.com. mkeener at griefsydney.com. Michael Keener, attorney at law. This podcast is now distributed on multiple platforms, including Apple Music and Spotify. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Hi there. I'm Ben Brackett with my good friend Blake Sievers, and we're here to talk soccer. That's right, Ben. All Iowa soccer, all the time. Welcome to the show. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, Iowa soccer supporters. I'm Ben Brackett, your co-host with Blake Sievers, also known as my good friend. Blake, what's up? Hey, Ben, I'm really excited for this new series that we're going to unveil. You know, it's a little different than what we've been doing, but our name of the pod is Soccer Talk, and our description is... We're going to talk about soccer, aren't we? In Iowa, absolutely, Ben. So, without further ado, our newest series is called... The Iowa Club Soccer Tryout Series. So, Ben, that's good. You know, we've had some great conversations with some of these local leaders in Des Moines, in the Des Moines area that run these clubs. So, you know, do you want to give the our audience a little breakdown of kind of how we've come up come upon this and how we're going to release these these pods? Yeah, let's talk about it. So, so tryouts start the week of June 3rd. And so, you know, Youth Soccer um, and ISA has kind of picked that as the, the, the month of June is when that, that happens. So uh, we thought it would be a great idea to talk to all the clubs, let them tell you a little bit about their facilities, tell you a little about their staff, tell you a little bit about um, where they've been and where they're going. Um, and it was, it was pretty cool. It was, Ben, yeah. So, you know, we specifically, you know, we reached out to... We, the, talk, we reached out to everybody, didn't we? We did. We reached out to everybody. You know, we reached out to Ames. We're inclusive here. We are very inclusive. So we reached out to Gary Isles up at Ames Soccer Club. And then uh, also reached out to the the Fusion Soccer Club, which is a formerly known as Soccer West. Uh, we weren't able to connect with them, and we're, unfortunately weren't able to have them on. Uh, GPS Iowa with Andy Cummins were, was uh, gracious enough to give us some of his time, give us a little insight on what their, 
they're doing their little rebranding as well. Yep, and then we're going to talk to Kirk Artist up at the Iowa Rush uh, outside Ankeny. Uh, the Jayhawk Soccer Club we reached out to and unfortunately did not get any response from them. Uh, we also did not get any response from Sporting Iowa, which is um, recently announced their merger between Johnson Urbandale Soccer Club and the West Point Soccer Club. Um, and please note, this is going in alphabetical order. UFA, United Football Academy with Jaime Leva, was able to make some time for us and talk a little bit about his program and kind of the new things they're doing over there. Yeah, and then of course, last but not least, because of course we're doing this in alphabetical order, is the Vision Soccer Academy out of Waukee, and we had a chance to talk to our, uh, our buddy Chris McGill. So uh, super exciting, again, to have all these guys on, and um, I think you'll find... Um, some really interesting opinions and some uh, some unique things. You know, obviously there's a lot of uh, I would say there's a lot of parity in club soccer, um, and you know to an extent there's not a lot of difference between one club and another. But then at the same time, then you know you start talking about the staff, you start talking about the little different things they offer, um, and I think when we were talking about it, um, I thought it was really neat to to sort of shine a light on all these clubs because they're they're doing different things. Um, unique things and some of it some of it's like really kind of innovative and different and really positive right Blake absolutely you know there's a lot of things that we learned and I would say we are you know somewhat connected to the soccer community here in uh in Des Moines and Iowa (laughs) (laughs) but there's things that these clubs are doing that we don't know about so um, if we don't know about it certainly the the general public isn't yeah isn't absolutely and there's it, a so. lot of neat things they're doing and like you said there's uh there's opportunities there's locations they're playing at that that enlighten us and it's uh it's been a good chat with the all uh, with all these these local clubs yeah so as far as format goes just again so that we're uh transparent and fair um we've uh, effectively asked everyone the same questions um, you know, obviously some people communicate differently than others. So sometimes we had to kind of improvise a little bit and, you know, shift things in one part of the conversation or another. But, uh, overall, I think you'll, you'll, uh, you'll hear, uh, five very, uh, similarly structured conversations. Um, and you'll also hear the same intro five times. So if you are listening right now, uh, and you're about to listen to Gary Isles, uh, you should next time when you when you log on you should uh, maybe like to skip the first five minutes but you might also want to just hear the dulcet tones of Blake Sievers and in that case why don't you go ahead and keep listening all right let's get to it then <laughs> right on okay we've got Kirk Artist here today in the studio Kirk is with the Iowa Rush soccer program up in Ankeny uh, Kirk welcome to the pod thanks for having me guys absolutely Kirk uh, you know kind of as we get started here just give us a little rundown of who you are where you come from your little soccer story and how you how you ended up at Iowa Rush and what you do over there for them yeah so um leading backwards I've been at Iowa Rush now for two and a half years uh senior boys director there um got on there uh and before that I was up at uh Warburg College as the head men's coach uh for for seven years um Leading before that, I was the head men's and women's coach at Indian Hills Community College just for a year. Um, that takes me back to my assistant playing day or assistant days at Warburg for three years, and then and then my playing days before that. So I spent a lot of time up there in Waverly. <clears throat> before that, I was I grew up in Glenwood, Iowa, Southwest Iowa, um, kind of playing. I I played rec all the way until I was sixteen, and then joined a club team out of 
out of Omaha, played with Benny here for a couple of years. Yeah, as I say, you guys played together back in the day, didn't you? Way back. Won regionals, first Nebraska team ever to do so. That's true. This was also back in the day. Kirk Kirk was not just an accomplished soccer player, but he was also uh, a stud wrestler, which I know he doesn't like to talk about that much, but maybe he does. Uh, But yeah, so so you you weren't just a single sport athlete. No, I was a multi-sport athlete. I, I played football, wrestling, soccer. I played baseball until I got to, to high school. So I definitely see the benefits of, of multi-sport athletes. Um, but then I started to specify a little bit more as I got as I got older. So Right on. Uh, why don't you just tell us a little about the program, talk, talk about our rush and uh, what you guys have going on. Yeah, so um, a general overview, our rush, based out of Ankeny. Um, we, you know, our visions be the destination club of, of choice for all players, which means, um, recreational players, which we have, you know, 1500 of every single year, um, select players, um, which is 400 to 500 players, uh, U11 through U19, um, adult league, um, anybody who wants to play soccer, we want to provide an opportunity for them. Uh, to be able to do so. Um, we also have a couple different branches here recently. Uh, Iowa Rush North based out of Waverly. Um, that is just the select side. Um, and then Iowa Rush South based out of Pella. Um, and that is both the rec and the and the select side. And Iowa Rush affiliated with the National Rush, is it, uh, was it Rush Network? What do you, how do you, what do you yeah, guys call Rush, yourselves? Rush, uh, Rush National, Rush SPI. Um, <clears throat> it's a worldwide soccer organization. Um, there's rushes, there's Rush India, there's Rush Costa Rica, there's, um, I believe there's a rush in 36 of the states uh, around the U.S. here. Uh, there's multiple rushes uh, within some of those states, just like ours. Um, and so it, it, the Rush National provides us a lot of um, opportunity to grow as a business. Um, not a lot of clubs are, are have that uh, background or, or those documents. I was when I first joined, I was really surprised at how many documents, how many how many things that Rush National actually provides us, um, so that we can be successful on the business side of things. But but then also the the coaching side of things with coaching support, mentorships, um, things like Rush Select, where our players. Uh, rush players actually join and top players from each, you know, Iowa Rush or Alaska Rush. Then they go play in a tournament um, like the PDT tournament in, in Phoenix. Um, they all get together and go play in that. Those are some really cool experiences. We have a Rush Fest, which is all of our U12 boys and girls go down to down to Colorado. Um, they they play in that. And it's just Rush players, and so they, you know, they put on some really cool um, events as well that give our players some opportunities. Um, that maybe they wouldn't have otherwise. Very cool. Talk about you. You mentioned coaching support. Um, talk about just the coaches you guys have up there. I mean, obviously, it's not the the Kirk Artist show. I know there's it's a big club, and you've got uh, all sorts of different support up there. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I got the privilege of being on here, but uh, Paul Fabry, um, you know, he's our executive director up there. Um, he kind of leads the way along with uh, Jeff Adamiak. He's our director of coaching as well, um, both in the office <laughs> every day, long days on the field. Um, Nuno Ferreira's been there now uh, for a long, long time. I, again, I've only been there for two and a half years, so um, you know I'm kind of one of the younger ones that's been up there. 
Um, it's nice having <clears throat> coaches that are full-time coaches, um, that we do this day in and day out, you know, for a living, and it's not just a hobby, that we're able to, you know, talk to each other about soccer, develop um, relationships with the players, and be able to then communicate between each other to, to help those players, um, you know, have good experiences, and, and, you know, start to realize their dreams as well. So we have a, a slew of other coaches. Daryl Brazio is on the girls' side, um, and he also coaches some on the boys' side with the younger boys. Um, but he's obviously had a really good tradition of, of getting players onto college and helping those players on to, to achieve those dreams. Um, and then, uh, you know, guys like Brian Duax um, has been there for a while as well, and, and a slew of other coaches that, that we have up there. So Great, Kirk. Go ahead, no, man. Go ahead. Uh, we're, uh, we're, in, we're in shambles right now, aren't we? <laughs> um, so, you know, Kirk, just specifically, give us a kind of general idea. When you guys start, you know, what is the training calendar for the rush? When you guys start, when you end um, specifically to, to your organization? Um, and not don't have to be specific dates, but just right. a general kind of overview of after tryouts. You know, you're looking to get started here. You yeah, here. can take you through it. Uh, you know, tryouts first couple of weeks in June. You know, for U11 through U19, um, on the select side there, uh, we have a few teams going to regionals here uh, this summer. Um, we'll we'll go to a couple of college showcases here this summer as well with our older boys or older girls teams. Um, really through the summer though is kind of camp time. Um, we put on some camps to help development. And then we get started with our uh, practices. Um, the older girls and boys, they, the 16s through 19s teams, they, they train four times a week starting I think uh, second week of August. Um, and then the, the youth side of it, uh, the 11s through the 15s, they train three times a week with an optional fourth. Um, and they start the same week in August, and we we have a we have a pretty cool setup there at Prairie Ridge, where you know we have time slots where we're all training together. But but then you look around and you have kind of this vibe of everybody everybody's training together. You know, you look you walk around the whole you know the whole field or the whole complex, and there's five six teams training right next to each other, and there's there's a pretty good vibe going and, and some energy going um, with that. That that leads all the way through. Uh, the end of October, the state cup time period for the for the older boys, and it seems like we're getting into November quite a bit now too. So, and then where where do you go from there? So you take a little break November, December, and then what's the winter training like? So December, um, we don't have a lot going on in December. It's intentional. Um, mm -hmm. it, that's an intentional thing that we like to do to give players a break. Um, coaches coaches a break as well um, just kind of everybody a break to recoup um, there's a few tournaments that we've gone to in the past for college development um, we really get started up that week after New Year's um, and we hold we have winter training um, a couple five-week sessions there so ten weeks of winter training we typically have options for every single team to, uh, to get into one tournament throughout the winter um, during that time period, uh, we're taking the older boys and girls to three, four, you know, five, depending on the, the interest, um, to college showcase tournaments. Um, <clears throat> how many days a week are you guys training inside? Two times. Two times? Two times a week. And that's up in Ames currently? That's up in Ames at the Sports Iowa facility there. It's a turf facility. Um, it's, about, it's about 60 by 40. Um, and so, you know, depending on our numbers of how many, how many teams we can actually get on there. 
um, and train as well. So probably one of the nicer indoor facilities around, though. When it's all said and done. Yeah, we're I th I th I think we're pretty lucky that we are are next to it there. Um, it's still a little bit of a drive for us. You know, it's about thirty minutes by the time you get up there, and then and then obviously thirty minutes back, and and during the winter that that stretch just isn't very nice. Yeah. Um, but it's it's way better than <laughs> than going in gyms. Uh, my first year here, we were going in gyms. We were just trying to find all kinds of random space to play in and touch a soccer ball in. And this gives us, again, that, that solidified um, space that we can all kind of train together and, and have to ourselves there. So um, so we do that, you know, over the over the winter time period. That leads us into that spring break time period for for the schools. And, and after that, the you know, the older boys and girls typically go and play high school. But at the same time, almost every single, every year, we have had a spring girls team um, that goes to showcases and, and trains. Um, this year we don't have one of those. Um, depends on the interest um, as far as that stuff goes. And then our youth teams start back up uh, right there, you know, last, last, week, in, or last week in March um, leading up into the first week in June. So that kind of takes you through the whole calendar year. Yeah, it seems like you guys as a community, Ankeny does a decent job of um, – kind of having their their club and the high school programs coexist um, I know that all not all of your players club players are from Ankeny but uh, it seems like there's a little bit of collaborate a little more collaboration than in some some communities we we hope so uh, we I yeah I think so um, you know several of those coaches uh, coach with us in yep. Rush um, and so we we support each other um, you know I've I've been out to several games and obviously you know we're we're here to help the boys and the, and the girls um, you know, reach their dreams or, or be successful and develop. And so it, it's, it's not just, not just one coach or, you know, or one team or anything like that. It's, it's kind of everybody that, that that player gets in touch with. And so, you know, Brian Duax and Jordan Burns have done some really good things on the boys side, obviously last year, making it to the state tournament and, and having good seasons here again this year, um, you know, on the, on the girls side, um, you know, Chris and, and Simon there, they, they, <laughs> They've done some really good things as well. So number one, number two last year. Yeah, uh, yeah. So we just think that's kind of interesting. You know, we went to the recently the uh, Ankeny Ankeny Centennial doubleheader, um, and it's I'm pretty sure there were a lot of Rush players there supporting too. It wasn't just uh, just community members. So yeah, yeah. I didn't know you guys were there. I was I was on the other side. So and then I saw your videos and podcasts. I came over and said hi, but. Um, we like to keep well, a low profile. Yeah. Ben, I mean, if he would follow us on Twitter, yeah, it's a good point. He, he, or Facebook, he would. Uh, well, it's pretty would, cold no. out, so I wasn't playing with my phone, you know. But, no, we so rush. We we pushed up all of our practices that night so that they, you know, we stretched them down. We pushed them down to an hour and then pushed them uh, forward. That they started at. They all started at four thirty, and so then they got over with it. At, at, well, it was actually four thirty to five forty five, but. Sure. Um, so then they could all go to the girls' game and the and the boys' game as well. Yeah. Um, so we, I think, you know, we had a, a large contingent of Rush players there. Yeah. At that, it was at super that game. cool. Mm -hmm. We'd we like to see that kind of stuff. Uh, I think, you know, maybe from here, um, you know, unless. Yeah, but I'll jump in. I yeah. got a question. So, uh, <laughs> what league? So you, I know you guys. Um, you know, you're playing the ISL. Um, just following you guys on social media, you do some other, some other, some other leagues there, the MRL, I think, and maybe some other stuff. So just talk a little about what other competitions you guys as a club play in, and kind of the reasons for doing so. Yeah, um, you know, and that that landscape's 
been changing a little bit with the um, <clears throat> you know MPL and those types of things. Um, it depends on the interest, obviously the level of, of play uh, for the teams. Um, some of our teams play in that um, MRL division. Uh, you know, some of our some of our older teams as well, uh, girls teams. It's it's difficult because because Nebraska and I were the only ones that play high school soccer in the spring, <laughs> especially on the boys side. Um, and so the competition level that we can get in the fall when everybody else is playing high school soccer, it's it's difficult on the boys side. And so. So trying to find you know that outlet on the boys' side to get them some competition, that's why we go to a lot of those showcases, a lot of those tournaments, and play those different types of teams. Um, <clears throat> but mainly, mainly ISL for most of our teams. Um, and then, you know, if we get accepted into that MRL uh, league, then, um, then then we'd go play in that that league as well. So, um, yeah, I guess that pretty much sums it up. That's good. Yeah. Um, I was going to say this is maybe where we move on to, you know, Blake's got a couple other questions for you, and then we'll circle back and talk about tryouts. So, Yeah, so, uh, so kind of the big news recently in the Des Moines area um, was the menace, you know, seizing their youth operation. Um, just give us your thoughts on any predictions, anything kind of in general on what that will do here in Des Moines, if you, if you have anything. You know, I think it's a big unknown as of right now, but... I'm just looking for any insight you can uh, you can offer any opinions on that that you wanna that you wanna share with everybody on that. Yeah, um, no, it's it's one of one of those things where Menace has been around for a long time and served the community really well. And a lot of those players have had great experiences um, going through the Menace. And so, um, you know, looking at the landscape going forward, it seems like there's there's a lot of changes. It seems like I've only been doing this for two and a half years, and it seems like there's a change almost every six months, just something. And so, um, you know, really <clears throat> what we're working to do at Rush is just, you know, obviously stay stable and grow and not, you know, jump to anything, just making sure that we um, are able to sustain over, over time to give our players and our families um, the experience that they deserve. And, um, you know, and so, <clears throat> you know, the menace, you know, I guess we'll, we'll kind of see how that um, turns out. But, you know, those, those players are, there's very, very good players, especially on the boys' side, obviously, right, um, within that group. And so, you know, there'll be, there'll be some place for them to play. I, I would invite them up to a rush tryouts to see, you know, what they could do up there and for us to take a look at them and talk to them about specifics with their situation. And, and that's a nice thing, you know, being, being up there, um, you know, Nuno's the, the, the youth boys director and I'm the older boys uh, director, but we can get into some very specific individualized uh, things for, for some of those types of players as well. So. Great. So and then one of the other um, kind of things that's been going on, you know, in, in Des Moines and Iowa regionally and nationally are the, these mergers, these affiliations, you know, here specifically in Iowa, it seems kind of like you said that every six months to a year, there's another merger slash somebody's being affiliated with something. You guys have done it. It sounds kind of like with the North, Iowa Rush North with the South. Just kind of give us your thoughts, what the benefits are, if there's any you know negatives to that, just in general, for that whole, I mean, kind of a broad subject. It's a broad subject. You see mergers a lot going on across the nation. I mean, Chicago, there's mega clubs. I mean, you go down to St. Louis with Scott Gallagher, you know, they've got... <laughs> 17s at each age group um, you know but within Iowa here it's a little bit smaller it's a little bit more community-based um, it just depends 
Um, what we've what we've been able to do, you know, with the help of Rush Nationals, be able to create some of these affiliates: Iowa Rush North, Iowa Rush South. Um, you know, and basically serve, still serve them and what they need. Um, Iowa Rush North and Iowa Rush South, they work completely different. They don't. It's not the same model, um, and so it's 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 kind of what what they need. Now the benefits that have come out of that, <clears throat> you know, and I I manage a lot of Iowa Rush North, the coaches, the trainings, all that all that stuff. Um, a lot of the players up there at Iowa Rush North, you know, sometimes sometimes they like their community, they're four sport athletes, it works, works great for them. You know, train twice a week, um, works, play in ISL works great, but some of them want a little bit more. Well, you know, some of those players have gone on to play with, you know, our U14 girls MRL team, just for example, this past week, and one of the players went and, went and played with them. Um, there's been players that have played in state cup with us, um, to get that experience and we felt like they deserved it through you know hard work and work ethic and their and and their attitude and their coach's recommendation those are some of the things <clears throat> again touching on you know rush select um we do an international trip every year that they're invited on you know rush fest um we have we have players from rush north and rush south kind of joining them there's a rush north u14 girls team that's going to be playing in state cup here and there's actually going to be uh, a few girls from Iowa Rush South that'll be playing on that team as well, and and so it's not just it's not just us working together. Quad Cities Rush has actually worked with us really really well. Kansas Rush works with us like really. We trade player. We went down to FC Dallas tournament with our U15 boys here in March. Um, it's a college showcase, um, but at the same time, U15 boys are pretty young uh, for college coaches. There aren't many college coaches around, but it was a great experience to get outside of Iowa and play some really good competition. Well, Kansas Rush. Um, uh, had three players come guest play with us along the way. So those are the kind of opportunities that, you know, I think we're able to give, but at the same time serve the communities that they are in as well. Very good. Um, let's circle back to tryouts. So um, maybe start with just when, where, um, and maybe even further, just like where you can find the information. You know, where's your website, uh, social media, whatever. Okay. So iorush.com is the website the easy part <laughs> it's the first thing it's the first thing that pops up on your scroll you know and, and then you can click on there and there's a register here now and it's got the the whole schedule lined out there for everybody u11 through through u19 boys and girls uh the the u11 through the U15s are, are, are June 3rd through June 6th, and then the older boys and older girls are June 11th through uh, June 13th. Um, and, and the specific schedules can be found on there. Um, social media outlets were, you know, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter are the main ones that we put information out on, and there's, there's all kinds of information about that. And then obviously our summer camps and, and some of the other thing, cool things that we've been doing as well. Cool. Uh, talk about roster size a little bit. Um, you know, I know some some programs like to you know say if you're playing eleven v eleven, they like to keep it tight and you know fourteen fifteen players on a roster. Others, you know, you're looking at twenty two players on a roster depending on uh, what all competitions are involved in. So, where do you guys stand on that? Uh, it's dependent on the group. Completely dependent on the group. Um, you know, we we feel like. <clears throat> We, we don't want huge roster sizes so that, you know, there's playing time that, that's being given and, and you know, everybody, everybody's playing. We have, we ha within, within Iowa Rush here, we, you know, we have these set standards basically that, um, you know, at each age group, then, 
you know, this is how much kind of playing time is to be expected, um, those types of things. So at the younger ages, you have <clears throat> you have players basically playing half the game, and we rotate positions. And you know, in the academy, and, and then eleven and twelve, we rotate positions a lot. Um, we don't try and um, specialize in those positions. And then once you get to up to thirteens and fourteens, um, you know, you're starting to get to you know play eleven v eleven. You're getting roster sizes of. You know, 14 is probably the minimum, especially with multi-sport athletes, injuries, and those types of things. But then up to up to 18 is typically, sure. um, <clears throat> and then and then once and their playing time starts to be okay. If you're playing a tournament, okay, you get 50 percent of the weekend. Um, you know, the coach manages that accordingly. Um, then once you get up to 16 through 19, you know, still you know 14 is probably on the lower side, all the way up, you know, 18, um, and then. And then it, it gets to be a little bit more of okay you're earning your playing time at that point uh, a little bit a little bit higher level. Now I will say it depends on it depends on the group we have we have a rush and then a narrow team. Um, so sometimes we have two <clears throat> two uh, teams at each at an age group. Um, you know and so you know if you have you have you have 13 on a rush team you have 13 on a narrow team obviously you can you can share players every once in a while right sure. so. Um, it just it just kind of depends on that age group, how many people are at tryouts. Then then it matters how many people are going to accept their bid, and then you're trying to predict that as, oh, yeah. as a co. And you know you get into that that mix of things and making sure that you know there's no perfect formula, <laughs> really. Yep. Um, and, but at the same time, we're all trying to do our best to give the best experience to the players and set it set up each team for that success, um, with a lot of unknowns that we don't we don't even know. Sure. So. Um, so then the, the, probably our hardest hitting question, tell us the cost for registration for tryouts, cost for the year. Yeah. Uh, give us an idea of what, uh, what you guys are looking at. You know, and that's kind of, um, on that note, but that's what a lot of parents yeah, and our listeners thing. hopefully kind of, kind of want to know, right? Yeah. yeah. No pressure, Kirk. <laughs> no, no, I'm reading it. I'm reading it straight off the website right now. Great. <laughs> You've just been giving Kirk a hard time. It's too easy. <laughs> So the 11s and 11s and 12s um, for the select side, uh, 14.95. Uh, 13s through 15s for the select side, it's 15.95, and then 16s through 19s is 12.45. And it, and it states around the website kind of what's included in your fees, the training, you know, the <clears throat> the league games, um, tournaments, three three tournaments each each you know in the, in the fall, three tournaments in the spring. Um, and it includes. Um, you know, if your team's in the MRL, those types of things. Now, you know, the extra th extra things, there's extra, some of those college combine or college um, showcases that we go to, that would be an extra extra fee if, if your player wanted to do something like that. Um, and then the winter, the winter training is an extra fee as well. That's not included either. So Kirk, you kind of brought it up, the college, extra college stuff. You guys, you know, I think it's fair to say, don't you, Ben, that at least on the girls' side, you guys have the most successful girls college program or you get the most girls to go play in college <laughs> is the best way to hopefully not a college program uh, around so you know just talk about what you guys do you know Daryl's obviously in charge on the girls side you're on the boys so what are you guys doing that um, allows you guys to continue to produce you know number of college players through the program well I think I think Again, I've only been here for two and a half years, but I, 
I think the process has really kind of exposed itself and benefited these players just from a developmental standpoint at you know, from the 9s and 10s in the academy to the 11s and 12s where we rotate players and making sure that they're developing. We're not concentrating on winning. And um, yes, yes, everybody wants to win. But at the same time, you know, I think, I think you know, we talk a lot about, uh, we talk some about, you know, basically the, your player's development is, is a marathon. You know, and, you know, at the academy level, you're at mile marker two or three. Like, it doesn't really matter who's in the lead at that point. Like, if you're getting beat, it, it's okay. Um, you have to trust that, that, the, that the club is competent in what they're doing to develop the players over time. By the time that they you know, reach 16, 17, 18, 19, they're graduating from high school, you're still probably at, you know, you know in, in my mind, I'm, I'm still hoping that they're at mile marker 18 or 19 or 20. I, I'm still hoping that they're college level. You know, and then even we're training, um, we're training, you know, can you go past that? Meg Brandt's a good example. She's playing for, you know, she plays for Nebraska, but she's playing for the, um, <clears throat> U, U20 women's national team, U21 women's national team. Um, and so I think, I think that development over time has been, um, has, kind of, has kind of helped prove and has proved that we are able to produce those college players and, and be able to get them on to the next level. Now, there's other things obviously that you need to be able to do, whether it's marketing those players, going to college showcases. Um, <clears throat> you know, those are things that I'm actually leading the charge on as well uh, our cap program college advisory program that we do we do a college combine we invite college coaches to every year we we invest in huddle for all of our senior players so that they can make um, videos we um, we have something called college fit finder which rush natural ash actually invests in for all the players in rush and they they make a profile online and so there's a lot of resources that we're able to provide for each of our players to be able to market themselves as well and make sure that they have the exposure that they need to. So, That's awesome. That's pretty unique, um, at least of the programs we spoke to so far. Nobody has uh, had something similar to that, so very cool. Um, maybe uh, from there, unless you've got anything else for us, Kirk, if you have anything else you want to leave us with. We'll, uh... My turn to ask questions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what, Ben? On the pod, there's an option. We still have yet to figure it out, but we've got to figure out how to activate that where our listeners can ask questions, and maybe that'll be a good yeah. episode for Kurt. Kurt, Kurt, Kurt can ask some questions. There you go. Absolutely. I'm questions asking. with Kirk, new section. Oh, <laughs> All right, well, thanks a lot, Kirk. Appreciate <laughs> right. it. Yep, thank you. All right. As I always say after an interview, I loved that. That was great. I enjoyed it. Maybe I don't say it exactly that way, but it's always it's always basically the same thing, isn't it, Blake? It is, Ben. For this tryout series that we just released, you're going to say that exactly the same way all five times, which I find super interesting. It's mind-blowing almost. Uh, but yes, thank you um, again for listening, and uh, thank you to all of our generous contributors. Um, again, we're, we're going to record this once as opposed to uh, five different times. Um, but again, thanks to the AIM Soccer Club and Gary Isles. Thanks to GPS Iowa and Andy Cummings. Thanks to Kirk Artist and the Iowa Rush. Thanks to Hemi Leva and the United Football Academy. Jaime Leva, sorry. I got a little going a little quicker than I meant to there. And of course, Chris McGill at the Vision Soccer Academy. Uh, we really appreciate their time. Again, super generous, super gracious. Um, and a lot of great info, right? Absolutely, Ben. I agree. Again, as we've talked... You know, hopefully these clubs will uh, 
and the, their membership will appreciate these guys, you know, spending a few minutes of their time, get on promoting who they are, what they're doing, and, you know, continue to move uh, soccer forward here, here in Des Moines. Indeed. Uh, we should just give a quick shout for uh, social media. If you guys want to follow us, we are at kick underscore forward on Twitter. And then on Facebook, we're at kick it forward IA. Um, and then, of course, we can't forget to thank our sponsors. They're the best. Um, I'm going to thank Bill Scott this time because I don't get to thank him enough. Billy Scott at Scott Insurances. At Scott Insurance Services. Thank you so much for all your support. Uh, Bill is a uh, Iowa soccer legend himself, and we hope to have him on soon. Uh, but if you've got insurance needs, Billy's your guy. You know, same kind of uh, route there, Ben. Michael Keener, attorney at law. If you have any kind of legal issue, Michael's a, a great friend of ours, been a supporter of Kick It Forward for many years, and can help you out with anything you need. Um, and then as well, for the listeners, if you guys have any feedback, any comments, questions, you know, slide into our DMs. We've been, uh, it's interesting, Ben, as our audience continues to grow, we have been getting a few more, uh, more comments and a lot of feedback, uh, inter- interestingly enough. I don't think anybody could ever slide into our DMs too often, could they? They could, Ben. So we, uh, we appreciate you guys all listening. And again, if you anything else, you know where to find us. We will talk to you next time. Thank you.